praise. If you have your Bibles tonight, go with me if you would, please. Our Bible study tonight found in Genesis chapter number 6, verses 1 through 6. Reminder and encouragement to all you on this uh, all-new 2021 spiritual growth that we are reading and we've been we've given you a list and we're taking our bible text tonight from our readings uh, if you are up to date you would have read genesis 1 through 11 and job 1 through 13 that's where we currently are and uh, if you are up to date if not uh, catch up <laughs> catch up so anyway just saying uh, we're going to grow together how's that sound we're going to grow together Genesis chapter number 6, verses 1 through 6, And it came to pass when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and took them wives of all which they chose. Verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and after, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Our Bible study thought for just a little while tonight, when God has not only had enough, but he becomes grieved, and our thought is grieved him at his heart. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight. It is our joy. It is a true privilege as we come before you once again. We ask God that you open our hearts tonight unto your precious word. Give us understanding and with clarity. God, let us declare your word that you receive honor and glory, that our hearts may receive strength, that we may be encouraged and find direction as we trust, depend upon you. I pray your blessing upon tonight, the offering, God the giver, strengthen the heart of your people. We praise you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated tonight. I caught that line in verse number 6, and it grieved him at his heart. I thought, how much it must take when God gets grieved in his heart. Grieved him at his heart. Uh, our reading tonight reminds us that our nature the nature of man, no matter how good we are, is sinful. Our nature is sinful. Because of the fall of Adam in the garden, his wife and him disobeyed. Sin was inherited by you and I, passed on generation, time throughout time. No matter who we are, we inherit sin, and because of that, our heart is set out to do wrong. Isn't that sad? <laughs> Our hearts set to do the wrong thing. And you may have good intentions, but our hearts will deceive us. Our hearts will mislead us. That's why we need to put our hearts in his hands. That's why we've got to put our trust in God. In the passage of Scripture tonight, beginning in verse number 1 of chapter 6, it talked about when men begin to multiply upon the face of the earth. 
We know that Adam, if you've been reading and you'll read Adam, was 930 years old when he died. Now, that is amazing. I've had people say, now, how do you know the years were the same as our years today? How do you know? And I can say, well, why don't you go back to the beginning in Genesis 1, read through each day of creation when he says at the end of each day, it said, in the evening and the morning were the time has not changed. God set things in order. It's still in order. It will stay in order till he changes the order. Simple and plain. So time's not changed. God allowed these things for his purpose. He allowed it for his purpose. We don't have all the answers, but we do know this. If you look pre-flood, men lived a long time. Look after the flood, you'll see a dramatic change in the lifespan of men. It changed dramatically. But that being said, men began to multiply upon the face of the earth. Daughters were born unto them. And it mentions here the sons of God. You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding here. I don't claim to have all the answers, and I'm not the authority. I can't tell you in detail. There's many that can do a lot better job than I. But I want to try tonight with God's help to share a few things from these passages of Scripture, first beginning with the sons of God, and they saw, it says here, the daughters of men, verse number 2. First of all, the sons of God. We read this not only here, but in fact, I want to read to you tonight before we explain. If you'll read in the book of Job, also, excuse me, in the book of Job you'll read, and I think I have the passage scripture, scripture wrote down there, Brother Joel, if you can pull that up for us. In the book of Job, we read about how that not only the sons of God are mentioned here, but Job also says when we read that Job chapter 1, verse 1, you'll read where God is having a council meeting. And the Bible says, the sons of God, the sons of God, they appear. The sons of God, they're not the same. They're different. I'm going to explain. A lot of people, if, how many's ever looked this up before? Anybody in here ever looked this up? A lot of people read this in Genesis, the sons of God. We're talking about men. That's you, I, that's flesh. We're reading in Job, we're talking about the angelical host. We're talking about not flesh and blood. Satan came. The sons of God were the, the creation before creation. They were the angels of God. They were the spirit form. These were the ones you're reading about in Job. And we're reading here in Genesis about the sons of God. We're talking about those that retained spiritual awareness, those that maintained their love for God, their knowledge of God, and what pleased God. That's in summary. There's your difference. There's your difference tonight. So we want to make an emphasis on this and not be confused because when we read here, I've read several things, and people really kind of get this out of context because, uh, first of all, when we're, getting, we're talking about flesh and spirit, you're talking a separation. A flesh body, a flesh body is not the same as a spiritual being. We know this, so we don't want to get it confused. In our reading, it said that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. The daughters of men were the descendants of Cain. They were the descendants of all others that went the different direction of God's ways. We get an understanding now, I hope. In other words, we're saying tonight, these were those that lived any old way. They forsook God. They had no care of God. They took no knowledge of God, no respect of God. 
But the Bible said the sons of God who by letter they believed and they had walked. But unfortunately, what happens to many people when they get their eyes off of him? Their hearts begin to drift. The sons of God's hearts, they begin to look with their eyes and they saw that the sons uh, the sons of God saw the daughters of men. They were fair. And they forgot all about the importance, the importance of seeking godly companionship. What happens when you look for companionship outside of faith, of truth? You're going to get an influence that will cause your mind and your heart to sway. How many remember a famous king named Solomon? What happened to Solomon? He got his eyes on, get the picture, over a thousand wives, over a thousand wives. The Bible says, and you can read it, as he got older, turned his heart from God. His heart had been turned from God. So it's imperative tonight that we realize the importance of keeping things in perspective. But those sons of God, they had retained a purity of moral uh, moral character and communicated uh, with God, but they began to get their eyes upon daughters of men. I have a greater understanding now what the apostle talked about when he said not to be unequally yoked. Yeah. The apostle lets us know that when we do so, that we set ourselves up for a fall. We set ourselves up for failure. You know, there's a thing out there that uh, people will say, if it feels good, just do it. Anybody ever heard that? Have you ever watched people that follow that? I have. Watch their lives, what kind of a mess they get into. If it feels good, do it. All kinds of trouble, all kinds of problems, I'm telling you. How much pain could be saved by just following the ways of God to please God? But our thought tonight, let me go on, and there's so much, and I do apologize because I'll be honest with you, uh, this is not exactly together the way I want it to be. It's been a chaotic week. Have I ever had one of them? (laughs) It has been. And uh, unfortunately, but we're going to do our best. God will help us tonight. But these sons of God made their mistake because they began to marry them wives. And these wives turned them from God. We read that God's heart become greed because they begin to do things. They begin to forsake things. And the Bible says that their hearts, the imagination of their hearts, were evil continually. And when we read these passages of Scripture, then we get down to our last verse in our reading where it said that God's heart was grieved. To please God, to please God, we've got to follow Him at His word. I know and realize tonight that there was no Ten Commandments. I realize tonight that Moses had not yet been born for a long while and not received those commandments of God. But may I say, 
Up until this time, God would seek out men that had a heart to please him, and he would speak to them. He spoke to them. What a privilege that must have been to be able to have God speak to you. What a joy that must have been to have God speak to you. He even spoke to Cain as we give an account of how that he told Cain. He said, hey, if you do well, won't you not be accepted? But if not, sin lies at the door. God spoke to Cain. Cain rejected God's offer. Men are still rejecting God's offer today. You look at our world today and you can see the results of rejecting God's offer. You can see the results because we don't have a world of peace and harmony. It's talked about, and men say they want it, but deep down they don't because if they did, they would seek their creator. If they did, they would seek the God of heaven, and he could bring peace to them. Only peace, true peace, can come from God. Only true peace will ever come from God. Anything else is merely a pretense. Anything else is only surface. God alone can bring peace to the heart and soul of man. And it says here in Job, I want to go ahead and read it for you tonight, Job 1.6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan came along with them also. So here we're letting you know the difference of the sons of God. And then in verse 1, it says, and there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves to the Lord, chapter 2 of Job. Satan came also among them to present himself unto the Lord. You know what it's let me know? There was an accountability there. Satan came. He was there. And God has a setup in the spiritual realm. I don't understand it all, and I'm not going to tell you I do. But I know enough to know this, that they give an account. Satan came, and he was giving his account. The Lord says, where have you been? He said, oh, I've been up and down through the earth, walking to and fro. And then he goes right to it. Have you considered my servant Job? What was he doing? God's saying, basically, and Satan in your face, look how he's walking before me. You gave up your right, but he's got, he's blessed. If you choose God, you're going to be blessed. If you choose the ways of God, you're going to be blessed. When you forsake God, friend, judgment looms over your head. That's all there is to it. I don't want that. I want the peace of God. I want the joy of the Lord. I want the strength that God alone can give to us. You know, the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to mention this in a moment, a moment rather, he mentions to us that how that, uh, that those in chapter 1, they rejected also the voice of God, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verses 17 through 22, I'll read for you tonight. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. You see, that's what was going on in the day before the destruction with the flood. Paul gives us an account. He was talking about how men were. They rejected this knowledge of God. In verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had showed it. to God showed them what was right. God has always made a way for people. People choose what they do. God will always make a way. He does not leave people without hope or help, 
God will give it through the preacher. He'll give it through the word. He will give it through his spirit, through conviction. It's up to man what he does with what God gives to him. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are what? Without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. A passage of Scripture in the book of Psalm, chapter 14, verse 1, the psalmist wisely put this, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none that doeth good. You see, wisdom comes in the fear of God. Knowledge and understanding comes with the acknowledgement of God. But the fool, however, he said, there is no God, I'll do what I please, and his life not only becomes corrupt, but he finds himself many times in diver straits. It's a terrible way to live. And I begin to read these passages of Scripture and how that God, when he looked upon man, his creation, I can only imagine how he saw them and how his heart was broken. How heavy it was to look at those that he created and breathed life into, that he began and see them turn so far from him to see them chase after the things that will perish, the things that really don't mean anything at all. Isn't it tragic today that we see many folk doing the very same thing? Their hearts, they choose not to acknowledge God. They feel they can do great accomplishments, and many have, on their own. They've acquired wealth. They've acquired prestige. They've acquired things in the world that makes them look, to the eye, successful. But may I say, in the heart of folk like that, when they lay down at night, there's no real peace in here. There's no peace in here. There's no joy there. You can gain the whole world, though Scripture says, if you lose your soul, what have you gained? What would it profit you? What have you gained? And so when God looks upon all this, his creation, when he looks on it all and he sees everything that has taken place, his heart becomes greed. And then we read Paul talks about it. And, in fact, we read another place where God, when he saw the corruption, we'll read in Genesis 13, 13, and the passage of Scripture there says, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners. Before the Lord, how? Exceedingly. Exceedingly. Some people say different things concerning this verse. We know the primary sin, but they had given themselves to evil, period. One of the many sins we're familiar with, but they were corrupt through and through. And when God saw it, once again, his eye, when he saw what he saw, destruction would come. What does God see today in 2021 when he looks down upon our world? What does God see? 
Do you believe that God's heart may be grieved today? I do. I do. God sees men stealing, corruption, trying to get ahead, not caring about their fellow man, squash him along the way. He means nothing. It's all about me. That's the things God's seeing today. When God looks on the world today, he is seeing people that have turned their back. No longer is there value in life. It's, they call it choice to kill little innocent babies. It's choice. No, it's murder. It's murder. When God sees these things, it grieves his heart. And he said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Do you know what that meant when God was saying, my spirit shall not always strive with man? God was saying a couple things here. He was saying, for one, I have showed you the right way. I have showed you how it is to please me. And I'm giving you opportunity. I've gave you opportunity. But you choose not to listen. That's what God was saying here in essence. And he said, my spirit won't always strive. When God is done, you know what he does? One of the things God will do when he's done. When God has shown mercy, he doesn't always pronounce judgment right away. When God is done, you know what he does? The worst thing can ever happen. He turns his back and he walks away. Church, never, never, I pray ever for any of you, I pray it would never happen that God would turn his back on you because you turned your back on him. If I turn my back on you, you turn your back on me. There's a loss, but we can get through that. But if God turns his back on you or I, that's a loss you'll never recover from. Never. You see, God's spirit, was he was saying simply this, time is running out. I have given you time. And he goes on to say about man's time being 120 years in the reading. It's evident that God was given a time and then he was ready. He was going to bring about a change. He said, I will destroy man whom I've created. But aren't you glad? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. May I say today that God is looking down in this congregation. He's looking in America. He's looking all the world. He's looking for those Noahs that are still out there. God is still looking for them like Enoch who walked with God and was not for God took him. God is still looking for some Enochs. He is still looking for some Noahs. God is still looking for some people that have a righteous and a godly heart about them. They want to please God. Church, tonight I want to please my God. Oh, help us tonight never to grieve the heart of God. Help us never to esteem the things of God and take them lightly. Help us tonight never to forsake the things that truly matter in our lives. What matters, Brother Rod? I'll tell you what matters. That you get your heart right and you keep it right. You live for God and you serve God. You serve Him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, all the strength you got. That's what's going to matter, my friend, because Jesus Christ is getting ready to return for His bride. He's getting ready to return. These things are written for our learning. And if we forget them, 
If we do not teach them, if we do not preach them, if we do not remind, I stir up your pure minds, the apostle said, by way of remembrance. If we are not reminded of the tragedies of old, then we can repeat them today. That is why some steer away because they don't want to know the truth. They would rather live in the pleasure of sin for a season. God of mine made up tonight. How about you? I want to please my God. I want to please my God. They had grieved God's heart, and because of this judgment come, God found a man after, you know, that uh, pleased him. Noah found grace. God said, build this ark, gave him the dimensions. He built the ark of God. And here's some things I think is interesting concerning ark, many things, in fact, but when God prepared the ark, and after it was time, he called the animals. They came in, two by two, male and his female, of the unclean two, and of the clean seven in their pairs. They come into the ark. And the Bible says, and there were seven days. God gave them a week. He gave a week after they'd entered the ark. The door was still open. We are in the seventh day of our week. The door is still open. But the Bible says when the time was up, God shut that door, and no one was going to open it. Church, God is getting ready to shut the door, and we better be inside that ark. God help us tonight. I don't want to take it for granted that I've got this thing made, that I've got it whooped. I don't want to take for granted tonight that I, I can take it easy. No, I can't. I've got to give it every bit I've got. You've got to give it every bit you've got. Tonight is not a time for us to think we've got it we can coast on in. It won't be. For the righteous scarcely be saved. Where does the sin and the ungodly appear? Church tonight, God in his tender mercy, his loving kindness, has given us this grace. This door is shutting. This door is shutting. I believe tonight, as God looks upon earth, he looks upon man. Once again, God's heart is grieved. But in his mercy, in his love, he's given man opportunity that man could take advantage of this grace. But it's going to be between man and God what he does. I believe tonight, with all of my heart, that we're getting ready to see something happen. Very soon. Very soon. No man knows the day nor the hour. We can't say it'll happen uh, spring. We can't say it's going to happen. We can't put a date or time. But our signs that we can see in our times, what we read from his precious word, we're here. What I've been taught from a boy, what I've heard all my life, I see with my own eyes. I see it unfolding. You and I see this unfolding. Let's not be wooed asleep to where we are. Let's make sure our eyes are open, our hearts, we keep them right, and we're ready. Because the Bible says in the moment, the twinkling of an eye, the Lord's going to come. He gave the parable of the ten virgins. Five of them were wise. Five of them were foolish. 
All ten had what it took. They had the goods, but not all five of the foolish. None of the five of those foolish, they were ready. Why? Because they felt like they had what they needed, and it was enough. I hope tonight you realize we can never get enough of God. We can never get enough of God. And no matter how close you feel you are, there's always room to be closer to God. Always room to be closer to God. And I realize tonight, church, that we've got to have our eyes open. He's coming an hour that men think not. Jesus is coming. And so when I read this, it brings my attention to where we are. I've heard it said, and so have you. History not only repeats itself, but many times it makes a, that full circle. I believe the circle is completing. We're getting close. Is it a time to be discouraged? Oh, no. Is it a time to give up? Absolutely not. Is it a time that we should say, well, you know what? I think I've done as good as I can. I'll just keep on like I am and it'll all be well. No. Now's the time to kick it in high gear. Now's the time to push and press like Paul said, like never before. I'm pressing tonight. How about you? Towards the mark. I'm pressing towards the mark tonight. I've got my eyes set on a goal tonight, and it's not this world. This world, my friend, I'm telling you, you're blinded. If this is where your eyes are, you better start looking a little higher. You better start looking up because a trumpet is soon to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise, and them that are alive and yet remain are going to be caught up in just a moment, in just a moment of time. And then, and then, what would all this matter if you're left behind, if you gained everything and left behind. Oh, God, help me tonight. Church, I'm telling you, I'm feeling tonight in my heart. I know I've got to do everything I can, and I've got to rely upon God's grace. You've got to do everything you can and rely then upon God's grace. Let's be honest with ourselves tonight. If you're not doing all you can, then there's room for some improvement. I want to say it again, if we're not doing all that we can, there is room for improvement. I'm trying to improve. I want to be better. Anybody feel that way tonight? I'm not satisfied where I am right now. I want to do better for him. And so we read about all this. This corruption began simply because these sons of God got their eyes on the daughters of men. And they begin to drift away. They begin to drift away. When we lose our knowledge of God and we get our eyes on things of this world, we also can drift away from God. You will determine. Everybody take that finger right now. Do this. No, 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 right here. Yeah, you will determine your eternity. You will determine your eternity. I want to make heaven my home, and I know you do. That's why you're here tonight. We go over these things to remind ourselves. We read the Word of God that we, be, that we may be instructed how we might better serve Him. Church, I need Him. Oh, I need Him. I need God's strength. To stand here to say that I can do this on my own would be such a lie, but I need the strength of God every day. 
I need the presence of God in my life every day. I want the fellowship of God. The old hymnal song, what a friend we have in Jesus. He's the truest friend ever. He will be your friend that sits closer than her brother. Let's not grieve God, for he was grieved at his heart because men had turned from him. God is merciful. God is long-suffering. I'm concluding with 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9 tonight. The apostle Peter said this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God has given opportunity for men to repent and get their hearts right. Your job, our job tonight is to live this life the best we can, to be the light before men the best we can, and to be all God's called us to be, the true sons of God, the true sons of God, those that retain his knowledge, his truth, his ways, and his love. Could I get you to stand tonight?